Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Tuesday, November the 22nd, 2022, at 9.35 a.m. Central Time. Good morning. Welcome to today's focus. I do apologize for yesterday not being able to have one, but my focus was on trying to feel better. I was having some some issues. I, I worked through most of them. I was able to do a live broadcast later in the day yesterday that I think was very, very, very important. But I do apologize for missing yesterday's Today's Focus podcast. I was focusing more on feeling better. And I I didn't really want to turn on the microphone and go, Today's Focus is on feeling better. And I'm not really worried about you. I'm only worried about myself. I I figured that wouldn't be the most spiritual uh, broadcast ever. So that is done. That is in the past. Today's Focus is on, well... How do you interpret the Bible? I I guess that's really today's focus. Really, today's focus is on practicing the presence of God, but that's just the title I had to come up with. But it's really not about how to practice the presence of God, because I'm calling the whole concept into question, especially based off, well, the scripture that it's taken from in a sermon that I heard around 3 a.m. Well, I didn't hear the whole thing. I heard the beginning of it and was like, nope. That's today's focus. It may be 3 a.m., but that's going to be today's focus in a few hours. I, I thought about just coming upstairs and doing it right then because I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, let me let me explain. In Exodus chapter 34, in Exodus chapter 34, Moses has been, well, basically speaking with God. And as a result of speaking with God, this is what happens. Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, Sinai, where he's been speaking with God, with two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount that Moses was wist not, when he came down from the mount that Moses wist not, knew not, did not understand, that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh to him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterwards, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And till Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Moses had been speaking with God, and now he comes down, and his face is, in a sense, glowing. His face is shining forth, and the people are afraid of it. So he puts a veil over his face. Well, leave it to preachers who read that and like, okay, okay, okay. Yes, we have a historical account here. We have a historical account of Moses. He's talking with God. Now he comes down and his face is a glow. His face shines. Okay, so now I've got to preach a sermon on that. I know what I'll do. When you're in the presence of God and you come down from the mountaintop, people should be able to see it in your face. It should glow. Well, not a literal glow. I mean, when Moses came down, it was a literal glow, but we're going to use that as a figurative glow. There should be a figurative glow about, and all of a sudden we turn this, this historical account into some kind of 
illustration allegory that it's about us. And when we come down from the mountain, our face should shine. Now, my question for you, what I want you to focus on today, you can look at Exodus 33 and 34. What should we, what, what is the allowable thing to do with this text? And when are we abusing the text? When are we misusing the text? When are we treating the text as it's simply there to give us a sermon? See, I think for preachers, we look at the text and we try to find the sermon. And I, I, you've been listening to me a lot in 2022. I, I constantly complain about sermons. Sermons get in the way of the text over and over and over. The text is not there to give me a sermon. The text is there to give me information. It's Well, there it's giving me an historical account of what happened. Now, what, what can I do with that? Because if, if you take that, if you take it logically, this is how it would work. We meet with God and then our face shines. Our, our, we, 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 we show that we've been with God. And so what we should do is put a veil over it. No, that part of the story we get, we, we, we were like, no, Moses was crazy to put a veil on it. Like, hey, Moses did that, right? But so we take the story and say, well, see, we want our face to shine, but we're, we're not to put a veil on it. See, I, so I go, was Moses wrong for putting a veil over his face? I, I I don't know. I mean, like like we we take only parts of the story we want, and then we turn it into some kind of allegory or illustration. And so, my question for you today: What can or can you not do with Exodus thirty three and thirty four? And do you think most sermons have missed the point? Now, the reason I'm asking all of this is because I was listening at around three a.m. to podcast when I heard the following. Again, we're just using this for today's focus. Remember, these episodes are supposed to be around fifteen minutes. So I'm just going to introduce this to you. This is from Love Worth Finding with the late Adrian Rogers. You can find Love Worth Finding wherever you get your podcast. I would challenge you to look it up and listen to it. I have a feeling that this may lead to a full sermon review. Uh, It'll be interesting to get everyone's thoughts. But I think most people would be like, what he does with the text is what everyone does. How, How have you heard preaching on this? What have you heard? Did you ever stop to go, well, wait a minute. Are you sure we can do that with the text? Let's see what Adrian Rogers did. This is from Love Worth Finding. Uh, now, he has passed away um, years ago, but his, the, his sermons are now his podcast, and this is uh, one of the most recent episodes. Here we go. When we practice the presence of God, the proof is written all over our faces. Here's Adrian Rogers. Okay, when we practice the presence of God, The proof is written all over our faces. Where do they get this? Exodus 33 and 34. So we, so Moses was literally on a mountain, literally talking to God, but we then can, we, we are supposed to practice the presence of God. What does it mean to practice the presence of God? Exactly. What does that look like? Oh, this makes great sermons. Oh, you preach this people like, oh, that was so convicting. That was so good. But what does that even mean? Practice the presence of God. So if I can enter into the presence of God, it will be written all over my face. Let's see what Adrian Rogers had to say. Moses had an encounter with God. He had experienced the presence of God to such a degree that his face literally shone to the degree that he had to wear a veil over his face There was a time when that glow faded, but Moses continued to wear the veil. This time, to keep people from knowing that the glory of God is no longer there. 
And I'm just wondering if we don't have some deacons like that, some Sunday school teachers like that, some who are listening by radio. Inwardly, you know that you're hiding behind some kind of a veil. Well, let me give you some steps. What to do when the glow is gone? Well, okay, so he takes the story, right? That when we are in the presence of God, we, we practice the presence of God, our face should, should show, our, our, our should glow. It should show it. Uh, the, our face should show that we've been in the presence of God, all right? So Moses put on a veil, but Moses then kept on wearing the veil to hide the fact that the glory had departed. Did Moses wear the face to hide the fact that it had departed? If so, was that a good thing or a bad thing? And then he says, so what we do is we continue to wear the veil. We continue to wear something to, let, to, to keep the fact from everyone that the glory had departed or that the glow had faded from our face. Now, is this, any, is this anywhere close to what this text is trying to say? Is this, what do we do with this text? Now, whenever I call this into question, people get very nervous. I'm like, well, then how should we preach that? How should we teach that? Are you saying that we can't do anything with it? I'm just saying we have to really think this through. What in the world is going on in Exodus 33 and 34? We obviously know it's a very, very unique historical encounter that I, that I don't think is designed to somehow prescribe for us what we are supposed to do. I think it's descriptive, not prescriptive. I'm not saying there aren't lessons here, but exactly so. So we meet with God and then, so we have to keep meeting with God so that the, our, our face continues to show, our face continues to glow. And when we lose the glow, when our face loses that glory, then instead of continuing to wear the veil, we take off the veil so that everyone can see that we've lost the glory. And then we go back and meet with God so that we can get the glory back. And then we can come back and put on the veil. So should we wear a veil or not wear a veil? Is it always wrong to wear a veil? Like, how does this work in practice? Oh, it, it sets up like a good, it, it sounds like a good sermon, but exactly what do we do with Exodus chapter 33? Let's see how he begins the sermon. Welcome to Love Worth Finding, featuring the timeless truth of the gospel, presented in the teaching of pastor and author Adrian Rogers. In Exodus 33, God shined his glory upon the prophet Moses' face, yet he lost the glow over time. As Christians, we are temples of God. The Lord lives and dwells in us. But many are not aware of the presence of God in their lives, and we lose our glow. This passage reveals... Now, we lose our glow. Now, God lives inside of us, but we lose our glow. Now, if, if God is inside of me and I lose my glow... See, I'm trying to take this... And, and this is what always gets me in trouble with 99% of Christians, is Christians say things. And when they say things, I'm like, okay, that sounds wonderful. I will agree with you. Now, let's take it to the logical conclusion. It's just every time I take what Christians say to the logical conclusion, I find myself falling off a cliff, falling a thousand feet, and then finding myself broken at the bottom of a giant canyon. I don't know why Christians don't want to take things they say to their logical conclusion. If you say something... Take it to its logical conclusion. So I'm trying to follow the logic here of just their introduction. All right. So in a sense, we have to practice the presence of God. And if we do, our face will show it. Our face will glow. Okay. Now Moses did that and he put on a veil. 
So should I put on a veil or not put on a veil? Well, Moses put on a veil because his face shone and it scared everyone. But then he kept the veil on because he lost the glow and he didn't want anyone to know. So, hey, some of you, you've lost the glow and you're hiding it behind the veil. Okay, so then I need to rip the veil off and go back and practice the presence of God. Well, then they say, well, God lives inside of me. So God literally lives inside of me, but I can lose the glow. How do I lose the glow of God living inside of me? Hey, God, you're living inside of me, but I can turn off the light. I can, I can turn off the glow. Like, like I can just, God, God is so weak living inside of me that he can't turn the glow back on. So, so God, God is inside of me, but I have to do certain steps. I've got to take, and he's going to give me those five or six steps. I bet you it includes something like, I don't know, read your Bible, go to church, pray. It's going to be the same steps that are given constantly for everything in Christianity. I'm assuming that's going to be the steps. It just seems odd that God literally is living inside of me, but I can just walk over and flip the light switch off. Click, click, it's done. Click, click. Yeah, it's. I'm. I, I try. I try. Let, let's. I, we'll just go a little bit further. Uh, of, of course, this just. This is begging for a sermon review. But for this, this is just. I'm just handing this to you today. Remember today's focus. I give you something to focus on. I want you to spend time in Exodus 33 and 34. I want you to figure out what we can and can't do with the text. I want you to take some of these thoughts to their logical conclusion. Deals how to restore it. If you have your Bible, turn now to Exodus chapter 33 as Adrian Rogers shares how to practice the presence of God. Would you be finding in God's Word uh, the book of Exodus chapter 33? And when you found it, uh, look up here and let me tell you that we're talking about how to practice the presence of God. When we worship our Lord, we're to worship in spirit and in truth. But worship is not uh, in a particular locale. Worship is anywhere that we breathe the name of Jesus. We are temples of God. The Lord lives in us and dwells in us. But I'm afraid that many of us are not conscious of the presence of God in our... All right, so he's in us, but many of us are not conscious of it. So I guess practicing the presence of God is to develop a conscience of God in me. And if I become conscious of God in me, then it glows outwardly to everyone. I guess that's the way it works, but we're going to have to stop right there because we just approached the 15-minute mark. And remember, today's focus is about being short and quick and giving you something to consider. So if you would like, look up Love Worth Finding. Find that message from Pastor Adrian Rogers. It's the uh, podcast episode that I believe dropped today, uh, so you can listen to that. And uh I, well, but before you really listen to that, I want you to just look at Exodus 33 and 34 and just really ask, what can we do with that text? And what have pastors done to turn it more into a sermon than an actual struggling with the text? I can't wait to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. And I think this is begging for, uh, well, put it this way. If you would like me to review the whole thing and we have a lengthy discussion about it, It'll probably be this afternoon. Email me and say, I, I want to hear, hear the whole thing. Newsif at yahoo.com. We will do that. But in the meantime, don't wait for me. Grab your Bibles today, Exodus 33 and 34. 
That's today's focus. Look at that historical narrative and then just ask yourself, what would be true principles that could be applied without turning this into just some allegory and making it all about us, which in a way I think sometimes is what pastors do, which destroys the actual meaning of the text. Give it some thought. Can't wait to hear your thoughts, and hopefully you will benefit from today's focus, which is Exodus 33 and 34.